Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossack, and this is What's Making News with Russell Hanby. Welcome, Russell. Thanks, Henry. How's your week been, my friend? Not too bad. A bit of a wet week uh, off and on, but it's uh, been pretty good. Cooler week this week, isn't it, really? Yeah, and the forecast is for a wet spring and summer as La Nina continues, and we've been told there'll be more icy blasts coming. So um, not not great weather, but, uh, of course, that's the tail end of winter, and we should be prepared to accept it. <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the week we're getting a couple of dry 19s and even a 20 on Monday, uh, so we're sort of towards spring. Well, it's only a week away from spring, isn't it, really? Only a week away. We're nearly, nearly there. Now, what's making news? It's an interesting week um, <coughs> and some fascinating, complex topics. Um, the first one, uh, it's a very delicate one, this one, Russell, and it uh, it does impact uh, on a lot of people. It's got great ramifications in terms of impact in the age. Uh, devastated woman's legal action over gender transition. Jay Langadinos, now 31 and no longer identifying as a male, is suing psychiatrist Dr Patrick Tui for professional negligence in a very rare legal case. You might like to outline the parameters of, of, of that uh, very rare legal case. Yes, well, in May 2010, she was identifying as a male and endocrinologist uh, Professor Anne Conway said it was likely Langadinos uh, had true gender dysphoria, but being very young at 19 needed a thorough psychiatric workup before embarking on hormone treatment. Now, her psychiatrist, Dr. Patrick Tui, found she was suitable for testosterone treatment, which encourages development of male sexual characteristics. So Langadinus had a bilateral mastectomy in April 2012, and uh, she requested her womb be removed after that, and, and, and Tui saw no contraindication to proceed. In other words, nothing, he couldn't see any reason why not. And in November 2012, she had that at the age of 22. And in November 2016, she, re um, she, re uh, so, she re so she requested her womb be removed, which happened in uh, November. And uh, in uh, she realised she shouldn't have undergone hormone treatment and the operations now subsequently. And uh, she says Tui failed to take precautions about what happened to the organs or her organ situation being lost and uh, suggested no second opinion at the time. And she's suffering major mental and physical suffering uh, as a result. So it is a, an interesting case, this one. Yes, and obviously we're completely not in a position to make any comment about it, obviously for legal reasons, but it, it's, it's one of those ones that raises bigger and broader issues and that is, um, uh, and the evidence is suggesting that more and more people, particularly children, there's a growing number of children and we're talking here children as young as 10, early teens, um, um, are suffering from this uh, gender dysphoria and are having treatments at earlier ages even than Jay Langadinos. And um, it raises the question, it's a life-changing pr procedure to, to go through. Um, and in this case, uh, Jay has decided at the age of 31 that this shouldn't have happened. Um, so when we make, when we go along with the, or with when we, when we take on board with children, their position on this, uh, depending on the outcome of this one, I would say it could raise all sorts of ramifications down the track. And it raises the question, doesn't it, Russell, of at what age do children make the call and 
and how to what extent do we take their weighting of it and at what age? Yes, and you have to look at their psychological uh, maturity too. If they've got new issues, there's all sorts of things involved, isn't there? It's, it's it's look, it's it's a it's a very complicated one, and quite apart from this one, um, yes, I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, on the one hand, to not to not um, proceed with this in some cases, I could be very detrimental to to the young person's life, and of course. Um, to, to to proceed, as we're now seeing, may cause problems down the track. They say that 1% of people from earlier studies later wish they hadn't had a, a gender change. Uh, but, of course, that was questionable, it said, because um, the cohort of people were older. But, yeah, with children, some who are prepubescent. Um, That's right. Having uh, having hormone th- treatment uh, based on their um, gender dysphoria, um, and uh, the professional advice that supports that. Uh, <laughs> what happens um, when they're twenty or twenty-one or thirty-one? Um, and it and raises it, the question: Are they mature enough? Are, are do are they? All knowledgeable enough? Is it peer pressure in some cases? I mean, I don't know. No, we don't know, do we? And of course, it's a relatively only over recent years a thing happening. And uh, as you say, with given time in the future, we don't know whether this will, you know, be not just the first of these cases. Well, that's what the legal people say. They say this is the tip of the iceberg on a major issue that's growing by the day and confronting us in society. And of course, as parents, um, your child's well-being is is central to very crucial, and uh, what, which way you go, and how you go, and when you're confronted with situations like this, and of course the detail for every case is different, um, raises a lot of uh, a lot of issues for people, and uh, I don't think this is the last we've heard of this story or no. or this situation for people. And I think I read in the article that the parents at the time were uh, supportive of the the changes too. Yes, uh, so that, yes. So that's another uh, sort of layer, isn't it, too? The, the parental it, approval. Yes, and of course it will raise issues for psychiatrists too because uh, um, if you're going to make a call, it's a pretty big call. It's one way or the other and even if you get advice from another Psychiatrist, I mean, how many psychiatrists' advice do you need, and which ones do you go to? And uh, mm. if the person later on realizes that um, 10, 15 years later they've changed their opinion about what happened, which can happen, I mean, I'm not uh, in some cases, then then what are the ramifications? I think it'll create a, a, a great sense of caution it's it's also interesting russell if you read uh, quite in another country in um, i think in britain uh, in britain um, they've they've become very cautious about something and i think what's happened there is uh, in britain the uh, the uh, national health service announced it was closing the uk's only children's gender service at london's tavistock clinic after preliminary findings from an independent review headed by eminent pediatrician dr hillary cass found doctors felt quote pressured to adopt an unquestioning approach to young patients especially children so um, it's a it's it's a it's an issue that um, we will I'm sure cover in the future. Harold Sun's got 
uh, one that we're all concerned about, uh, an icon of entertainment, Russell, in Australia? Yes, Yes, we heard last night the news that John Farnham faces a long road to recovery, polling a marathon 10 now, or it's actually 11 and a half I see today, a long surgery to treat his cancer. The Whispering Jack Legends operation wrapped up in the early evening uh, earlier this week before he was transferred to the ICU in a stable condition. And uh, we hear now that it is a tumor lesion in the mouth, the mouth cancer, and it has been successfully removed, the doctors say. And he's received, of course, lots of messages from various people, from the Prime Minister and the Premier to other performers. They send their welches like uh, Kisses Paul Stanley. He said, you are the voice. Now, um, in fact, the statement regarding his health battle was issued by Gaynor Wheatley, wife of Farnham's late manager, Glenn Wheatley. And uh, John Farnham in 2019 was hospitalised with a severe kidney infection and uh, subsequently gave up smoking and cut back on alcohol. So he's... uh, and he's very praising praising of the doctors and uh, surgeons in Victoria in that article. Mm, yes, we can only wish Fanzi all the best. He's been a, a legend of pop music in Australia uh, since uh, the early days um, when his first record, Sadie the Cleaning Lady, contrary to his own opinion, was uh, was a massive hit. And so, yes, uh, we, we wish Fanzi all the best. Russell, kinders face a shortage of teachers, according to The Age. Victoria will need to find more than 10,000 extra early childhood teachers to deliver on its promise to expand kindergarten to all three- and four-year-old children, but must reverse a nationwide exodus from post-secondary enrolments in early education courses to do so. Parallels what's going on in the teaching profession. Yes, and Victoria expects to have to expand its early childhood workforce, as we said, by more than 10,000 in the next decade for its $9 billion expansion of kindergarten, which was recently uh, outlined for all three- and four-year-olds. The Minister for Early Childhood, Ingrid Stitt, says this number is needed for the three-year-olds and for the 30 hours a week for four-year-olds. Now, Victoria has doubled, in fact, the number of childhood TAFE uh, college students with free TAFE in the recent years for these courses. And in fact, there's 5,526 in 2021, up double from the previous years. And between 2016 and 2020, a 24% nationwide decline in early childhood ed care diploma students. So it's dropped 24%. And as regards to the Bachelor of Early Childhood Teaching, it's dropped 20, 39% in enrolments. And uh, Tamika Hicks, a long-standing teacher, says that the preschool teachers can earn more money as primary teachers, and many have left for that reason. As an example, the uh, early childhood graduates get $66,395 a year, compared with primary teachers, seventy nearly 75000 So um, there's a sort of a salary has always been a bit of a disparity there, hasn't there? Yes, and... Um conditions and salary are probably at the hub of hub of their issues and um, yeah we've got a lot of work to do in that space for for all our teachers even our tertiary ones Harold's son Russell are you a horseman not really no I like to watch them or look at them but uh, not uh, not a passionate uh, horse lover I suppose uh, but this person is Gippsland horseman uh, Lewis Benedetti's uh, passion for horses runs so deep that he finds it hard to describe with words. And uh, he's got a great passion. He devotes his life to scaling the East Gippsland Mountains, taming and rehoming hundreds of Victoria's Brumbies. At a young age, he was a racehorse trainer for the likes of Gay Waterhouse and Steve Jeffries. Now, at the age of 18, he started catching Brumbies to train and then rehome them. And over that time, he's caught hundreds of them. Now, contrary to what a lot of people think, 
he says that the Brumbies are retrainable, in, and he, when, when he has retrained them, he sells them as lead ponies to racing stables and even to families as pets. Ah, oh, it's a heartwarming story up there in the Highlands. Yes, no, I, I, I appreciate horses, but I ride them occasionally, about once every 20 years at some something where you've got kids and you're walking around or whatever. But no, um, no, that's great. That's a great passion, yeah. a great story too, isn't it, Russell? And uh, on the other hand, they're thinking, wasn't it only the other week that they're talking about culling out the Brumbies too? Yes, uh, they were. Get, and so here's a case where they're, they're being tamed, as it were, and becoming pets, even. Absolutely. The odd spot, Russell, is a good one for you. Yeah, a marine biologist has deduced that a fur seal broke into his New Zealand home via a cat flap. Uh, Jen Ross uh, came home last week and found the mammal on her couch. It's a bit like that uh, seal that was found down in the Western District recently. Yes. She, she managed to shoo it away, but said the experience seemed to spook the family cat, Coco. Her husband, Phil, a marine biologist at the University of Waikato, uh, would have uh, been able to help her had he been there. He uh, later reasoned the intruder followed Coco into their home through her cat flap, meaning if he wants to prevent any return visits, he'll have to seal it. Uh, and, and what a... <laughs> <laughs> What a lovely play on words to yes. to seal that one off, so to speak. <laughs> That's an odd spot with um, uh, banter with words, which is a which is a good one. Well, Russell, time's got away from us today, as always. Um, I do hope you have a great weekend, and um, we look forward to uh, some more interesting stories next week. All right, yes, we'll look forward to that, yes. That was Russell Hanby and What's Making News, listeners. Always a lot of fun and there's some always fascinating and interesting stories and we do wish John Farnham all the best in his cancer battle. Um... 